I like this golf cart. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's one serious beer cart right there. I could uh, I could play a round of golf in about an hour and a half. Yeah, I do. <laughs> How does Buddy explain to his underworld contacts uh, his uh, position as a mechanic there at Boulder Hill? <laughs> the moment they put that drop in, you see T-Rob just jump dee -dee 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 -dee, up and down, up and yeah. down, up and down. It was great. It was a riot. I like that. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, listeners, to MassCast 29, and we thank you for downloading us on iTunes or over on Buzzsprout at masscast.buzzsprout.com, or maybe you're streaming us over on Stitcher Radio or on our Mixcloud archive. We just appreciate you being along, and of course, thanks for visiting us on our Mask Movie blog and playing along with us each episode. Tonight we'll be starting a new 10-episode journey into the Mask cartoon. We'll be reviewing episode number 21, titled Mardi Gras Mystery, which was originally broadcast on October 28, 1985. And in this episode, the Mask team, they enjoy a New Orleans Mardi Gras, but they also stumble onto Venom, who is trying to steal a formula for a super fuel. I am your host, Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, my partner in crime, the Bob Barker to my Rod Roddy, Wyatt, how are you? So what do we have the next item up for bids? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Come on down. That's right. Man, that was an awesome, awesome, still is, but I still, Bob Barker was the king. You can't just live that down. I mean, he was the best guy on there. Yeah, and of course, that's probably the... Is it the longest-running show? Uh, game show? I believe so, it was. Or is, actually. Because it's still going on, and they got old Drew Carey running it. And uh, I've watched it whenever I can get home early enough to uh, to watch it. <laughs> and it's it's still the same. In fact, they brought back the... Uh, what was it? The, the Cliffhanger... Game. Yeah, because it, it, it actually went bye-bye for several years, and I thought, whatever, they must have canned it, and old Drew, he decided, come on back! So, that's <laughs> what they did. Yeah, for those of you uh, who may not know, Price is Right was uh, was one of our favorite shows. We used to, during the summer times, when we, uh, we were in our summer break from school, we'd call each other when it was on, and like, play along with the game <laughs> nearly every day we, we were calling each other we liked it that much yes it's a, it's a fun game and we've actually played the online version too on facebook or the facebook app or whatever yeah we played that uh, how long about four or five months before we got 
finally got sick of it, right? I don't know that I got sick of it. I think I got tired of the people thinking we were cheating. Right, yeah. We just played it way too many times. We knew what the prices <laughs> That's were right. for some of the items. But it was a great uh, great show. I'm glad it's still going. So I wanted to start us out. It's been a while since we've uh, we've done one of these. Well, I guess about a month or so. Right, it's been uh, way too long. And we've got to apologize to our fans out there for such a long absence. Uh, we could go through so. countless reasons, but we are just truly sorry we've been away that long. Yeah, some of them are legitimate reasons. I mean, we were both uh, sick at one point. I was sick for about a week, and then you got it like the week after. And we uh, we were on the road to recovery, and now we're just trying to get our schedules back lined up. But uh, I wanted to start us off with maybe a new little segment um, and talk about what's happening in the mask community. It's mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Sounds exciting. Been- I know we've been doing a lot... Recently, actually, uh, there was an article that you posted here recently about the cool mask slash Legos article there. Yes, and act- I think we actually had our best day <laughs> on the blog um, as far as uh, as page views goes. Was that that day that I posted that? That was the the thirteenth of February, and uh, I had seen there was a uh, I think a post that it was was up on the matttracker.com facebook page and i had posted some lego stuff before and i was like well i just need to get all these places together and uh, and just display some of these because they're awesome and I, like i put in the post uh, it makes me wish that uh, lego had some stuff back then and did some licensed uh, uh release some licensed stuff back then but maybe they will now if they fun. buy our movie yeah <laughs> exactly i think actually we got a comment uh about that that uh Maybe they'll pick it up if uh, if they pick up the movie as well. But uh, yeah, we I posted that. I I, I reposted uh, the little Valentine's Day uh, post I did last year on uh, the the request and dedications to uh, to the ladies Gloria and Vanessa. Right. Uh, got a kick out of doing that one. And then uh, we posted up our uh, uh, endorsement from MC Chris, who is a uh, a rapper and a Soon to be uh, creator of his own cartoon show. A um, lot of followers on Facebook. I think he's got over 120,000, and I think he's got about 30,000 followers on Twitter. And at the New York Toy Fair this year, I, I guess some, he was chatting with somebody about it, and he tweeted us and said uh, he's excited about it and, and uh, not to give it up. I think he said trying to chase that dream so that was really cool i wanted to to pass that along because sometimes you know the celebrity endorsements can be good or bad <laughs> right but I, we're taking this as a good ask. one because you know exactly yeah a massive amount of followers and and on top of that whoever it was that was you know talking about us at the toy fair hey thank you there because you know that's a that's a big market just there at the toy fair let alone yeah. talking to a a quite famous rapper here that's also starting his own cartoon. That's just mind-boggling, yeah. actually, in, in some ways. Yes. If you're listening and you were the person talking to him, please shoot us an email, mask.movie at yahoo.com, and, uh, and let us thank you personally. Exactly. But, uh, that was good. I also wanted to pass along some uh, other stuff going on in the community away from our page over at uh, 
matttracker.com. He's still working on his uh, Hurricane Relief Charity Auction. Um, he's hoping to start that up very soon. Uh, I've been speaking with Bill back and forth uh, about this, trying to get about a, an approximate time. He, some stuff got lost in the mail, and he's had to work through some other things there, so he's hoping to kick that off pretty soon. But all the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross and Hurricane Sandy Relief. So that's a really good cause, and you're going to get some great stuff. I actually pitched in a Thunderhawk that I had, and he sent that off, and he got it signed by Doug Stone. Awesome. So that's really cool. There's a, a bunch of autographed pictures from the voice actors. Go over to Matt Tracker's Facebook wall, and you can view some of the pictures he's posted of, of a few items. And uh, just connect with him and, and be ready to, uh, to, to bid and, and bid as much as you want much as you can to uh to help a good cause that's a that's really neat yeah that's that's great i know um here just a few months ago my wife and i were able to get some supplies up there and uh the the gratitude was really humbling is about the best best way to put it uh, the devastation that just uh yeah i feel for them i know i'm praying for them yeah it's anytime there's hurricanes come blowing through we've seen it with uh katrina and we were affected uh, a few years ago when we lived in georgia by hurricane ivan and had a, a tree fall on our house i remember that um so that was uh that was I, I i can sympathize with them and um very thankful that uh bill ferries is putting that together so good job bill we'll uh we'll keep everybody posted about that also go over to boulderhill.net our buddy eric who was on Last mass cast when we talked about the mini comics, he has posted issue number one of the uh, eighty-five four-issue series of comic books. Um, that's on the comic section of his website over at Boulder Hill, and the, the comic titled "When Opportunity Knocks," K N O X, like Fort Knox. So uh, everybody, go over there and check out that first issue if you don't already own it. And uh, hopefully we'll get him back on the show sometime here in the future to uh, to talk some more comics, as that was really fun. It was. And then speaking of comics, our uh, our new buddy Scott, who has the Mass Comics blog, he uh, had just posted, uh, I guess about a week ago, issue number six of the UK comics and his little journey that he's doing, going through all the all the UK comics there. Um, He's really been a breath of fresh air to the mass community, and uh, of course he's writing his own script, and he's been posting little things about, uh, should I put a, a new Thunderhawk or an old Thunderhawk in there? I think he just posted the other day. Get in there and, and interact with Scott um, as he's posting these comics and, and trying to get his uh, script sold as well over there. I believe in Scotland um, is where he's from, but uh, he, he left a great uh, comment as well. If you look at MassCast28, the post that we did on the site, he left a lengthy comment about just basically the comic world in general and uh, just responding to some of the questions we asked and, and answering some questions we actually did in the in the podcast. So great to have him in the mass community. Oh yes. So that was uh, that's kind of what's happening. A quick glimpse of, uh, of what's going on in the mass community. Uh, if you have a site or uh, are contributing at all to to mask and, and keeping it going um, please post a link to our Facebook wall or shoot us an email or something and, and we'll definitely get you 
get you involved in this little segment that we'll be doing every once in a while. And uh, we just like to get everybody together just so we can keep mask on the, the tip of those filmmakers' tongues out there in, in Hollywood. That's right. We, uh, we have a deep love for mask, obviously. So please join us. Yes. Well, partner, are you ready to get back into uh, reviewing some of these episodes? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to start the mask cast. Well, we begin our episode of Mardi Gras Mystery fading in on an aerial circus at Mardi Gras with a clown skydiving from a parachute. We then see Scott wishing that Mardi Gras happened more than annually. If only he knew what really goes on today. (laughs) Uh, Nonetheless, Matt has a surprise for Scott, which is getting to see the floats up close. Ooh. Look how many there are! One of those many floats invokes T-Bob's fear mode as they gaze upon a large Frankenstein. Whoa! It's a monster! Take it easy, (laughs) T-Bob. Frankenstein's just a float powered by a golf cart. As Matt tries to soothe the frightened tin of electronics, Scott asks, what's this? We then see old Venom scooting past the, the trio. A young girl, we learn her name is Becky, runs up asking for help and later explains, Those bad men are after my grandpa. That was your grandfather driving the cart. Uh-huh. Rax returns and even quips, Out of the way, Robin Hood. This little girl's coming with me. Stay away! Let's go, Becky. You know, and, and this kind of, kind of c- continues to illustrate to me that Venom truly does not know who Matt really is. And it's it's just funny to, to they kind of keep hinting at that. Yeah, and I I thought it was a very good opening, uh, getting back to what you were, you were talking about there. It was fun to see the, the clown parachuting in mm-hmm. and to have Matt dressed up as Robin Hood and Scott and T-Bob are the uh, cowboy and Indian, right. you know. That was, uh, that was, that was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're going with that, and that was kind of one of my uh, notes I jotted down. Is I know they're in costume, but I, you would think they would recognize each other, and if if they don't, they should at least recognize the bike. That's what kind of got me because Dagger and Rax they come pulling up on the Piranha bike. Exactly. And <laughs> so you know, even if you don't know it's them in their costume, you should be able to recognize the bike. Right. But. I don't know. I mean, that's just one of those things that we've we've kind of talked about in the past before that they don't recognize each other's identities in the cartoon. Um, so we'll just kind of scoot around that for now, I guess. No pun intended, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, Matt says back to uh, to Rax, she's not going anywhere with you, sitting bull. And uh, the car pulls up, and this woman called uh, Professor Daly, she tells Becky to get in. And the car drives off as these fireworks start going up, and they kind of distract Rax and Dagger for a moment. Matt says he'll find out what game these hoods are playing. I don't know what game these hoods are playing, but I'm going to find out. We cut back to the grandfather in the golf cart that went zooming past. Jackhammer is now giving chase, but it's not Dagger driving, it's Mayhem. 
and Vanessa's in the passenger seat. This was this was a neat change. Actually, if th- you noticed it, they did the uh, British version because Vanessa was driving. She was in the other side of the car. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, Miles is just hanging out. He's the passenger. Right. Oh, oh that's weird. Okay. I thought he was driving, which I thought would have been a nice... It was a neat change anyway. It we is. Don't, we don't see Mayhem in Jackhammer very much. We do see Vanessa every once in a while, but... Mayhem orders Vanessa... Slow him down. I want him in one piece. And the grill guns come out. They start shooting at the golf cart. And the golf cart, he ends up, like, saddlebagged on this garbage can. Um, so he can't really go anywhere. And then this was the really cool part, I think. It's got Mayhem. He puts on his Viper mask... And he uses the voice command to fire the uh, Viper. And the acid is shooting like right at the television screen or like the camera would be. Right. And it kind of covers the screen and we don't know what happens, you know, like right after that. It cuts right back to the next scene. So I thought that was a neat transition there. Yeah, very neat. I, I really liked that. I also liked that they brought back that voice command. You know, I I especially have made a lot of comments in the past mass cast that, you know they're doing away with all these voice commands, but now, it, especially this episode throughout, yeah, it looks like someone made enough comments to say, "Hey, bring it back." <laughs> yeah. So we're fading up into Matt, Scott, and T. Bob all examining the scene with Scott actually working with the mask laptop with the analysis. It ends up revealing that the gas caused the explosion. Not gas, Scott. It looks more like a very powerful new fuel. That cart was doing at least 100. I like this golf cart. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's one serious beer cart right there. I could uh, I could play a round of golf in about an hour and a half. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Maybe even less than that. So then we find out that the resultant cause of the uh, this golf cart meltdown is actually not just the fuel, not just the gas, but it's Miles Mayhem's uh, Viper mask. As the as both the computer and Matt actually say it, you know, at the same time. Burning agent, acid compound, fifteen percent carbolic acid, nine percent neutral dioxide, remainder hydrogen suspension. Only known user, Miles Mayhem. Venom. Now Matt understands why Venom was chasing the grandfather. They were after this fuel additive, which would make them unstoppable. Now let me ask you. Okay. Um, this is only about the three-and-a-half-minute mark into the cartoon. Well, I think it would usually run about 22 minutes. Did you think they got to the plot too early this time? Did it seem rushed to you? It it kind of did. Uh, usually they, they've they typically drawn it out to around the six- or seven-minute mark, uh, if I'm paying attention correctly. But I also kind of liked that it was um, a little right then and there because it grabbed my attention where typically yeah. we're there are some episodes where we're kind of him and Han or are they ever going to get to something but this I liked yeah. I liked how they kind of got right into it at first I thought maybe eh, maybe it's a little bit rushed but you know as it went along it they kept going from scene to scene so I mean it, it I think uh, I think this episode had a nice flow to it I agree and one question I had here was now, Matt revealed that he knows Venom. 
is in New Orleans, yet he brings Scott and T-Bob along. Now, <laughs> you can kind of take this two ways. You can say, well, is he being a bad father here, mistakenly putting them in harm's way? <laughs> or is he trusting Scott more? And well, I kind of left it at that before you know watching the, the rest of the episode. But that's what I was kind of thinking about at this point. Well, I'm thinking because he was actually involved with mask work. I mean, he's sitting there with that laptop. Right. And he's shown the analysis. So he's actively on the case as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, um, maybe Matt's, you know, slowly bringing him more and more into the mask uh, detective yeah. work, so to speak. Uh, you know, because as we see later on that he still tells him to stay at the hotel to be safe. But right. he, here he is. He's doing investigative work. Yep. So, but I, yep. that that was great though. I, I liked seeing you know, dad's getting the, his son into the other family business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so as T. Bob goofs around with his hat, he jokes about it being a ten-gallon hat. I better work on your programming. This is a ten-gallon hat. That's Becky's grandfather's hat. Well, then Matt realizes that the hat which is a, really a straw hat, is Becky's grandfather's hat. I don't think we ever learned the grandfather's actual name in this episode at all. I didn't catch on to it. Right. So with concern, Scott hopes that the grandfather's okay. This is where we finally get our agents being selected. We only get two this round. We get Dusty with Gator and Buddy Hawks with Firecracker. That's right. And this also means that Mask is outnumbered. <laughs> that is true. Not counting, not counting Scott and T. Bob, you know, they're technically not agents, at least not in my eyes yet. But not yet. They're not wearing the badge. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, four against three in this in this episode. Right. So we cut back to the lab. Uh, Matt had said that he better check with Professor Daly on uh, how this grandfather got the super fuel, and uh, they come upon what looks like these gold branches in this lab um, as this man approaches. Matt asks for Professor Daly, and the uh, the other person there, he says, Yes, I'm worried too. I haven't heard from her since last night. She could have gone to Gardner's Point for research. This other guy, he explains that she could be at Gardner's Point, where the fire trees grow. This man brought some branches into the lab. Scott thinks this could be Becky's grandfather. So then, after we kind of get through that scene, we cut back to Venom in the woods, and they have the grandfather uh, bound and blindfolded, and they ask him to... Take us to the fire trees! It is our family secret. Besides, how do you know about these? Your friend, Professor Daly, made the mistake of contacting the Peaceful Nations Alliance Science Council. Unfortunately, that message was intercepted. Now you'll have to deal with me. <laughs> and I'm not a patient man. Now, I noticed there's a little bit of a long pause here when Mayhem is talking. Did you catch on to that? Well, what I, I noticed that, but I... I guess hung me up a little bit more in this little uh, scene is it looks like Miles is motioning. Uh, uh, we're looking at Miles, Miles is uh, the back of Miles actually. 
Right. And he's motioning with a bag in his hand, like he's talking to the to the grandfather. But you hear nothing. You just see him move it, move the bag a little bit. So I'm wondering if that wasn't a, a blunder or if that was a little wordage that was originally there that yeah. they ed- edited out later. Uh, it kind of it didn't detract from the episode, but it you know made me question uh, what happened here. Yeah, well, there was a few, and we'll get into a couple other times where I noticed there were some audio glitches, I guess you would say, but it, I I caught that same kind of thing, like, he was should have been saying something there, his hands were moving, and there was this long pause, and then he starts it back up again. Right. But anyway, the grandfather, he says it's their family secret, and he asks Mayhem how he found out about him, and, uh... Mayhem says he intercepted a message from the professor to the PNA, the Peaceful Nations Alliance, which is kind of the United Nations, I guess you would say. They were, they've been in a few episodes uh, before. And I really like the shot right here of Mayhem looking through that bottle of super fuel. That was a neat shot. Just I like that. Um, and then we cut back to the hotel. Right, and this is where Buddy is kind of fashioning his disguise and advises Matt that... My underground contacts tell me there's a very special auction tonight at Louis Cafe. If Venom's got their hands on that fuel, that'll be the place to find it. Matt then tells Buddy to be careful, and he exits the room. Well, then Matt then explains that Gardner's point seems to be the key to all of this that's going on. So he asks Dusty... Feel like rounding up some reptiles, Dusty? All right! I haven't been swamp slopping in a dog's age! Of course, yeah. Scott and T-Bob are more than eager with their own even mustache disguises. <laughs> they end up asking, uh, what about us? And of course, we get a little T-Bob objection here to see to him being dragged into another one of Scott's missions. Yeah, it could ruin his makeup, yeah. I think is what he says. Yeah. And there's a and this was another one of those spots where there was just kind of a I think there was a pause and then Matt was supposed to laugh about the joke or something, but it was just, just a bad transition right there. Yeah. Um where Matt kind of pauses and then he then then he laughs or something. But yeah, of course they've gotta stay back at the hotel. That's right. You're following me. So now we're in a separate building. With an unsuspecting party going on above, but underneath, the underground auction is taking place. Half a million dollars? You can do better for this super fuel additive. I haven't seen what this fuel can do. You expect me to pay for something untested? Why should I show it to someone who won't promise to buy? Then let's say the deal is off. Well, then Rax ends the deal as Dagger ends up walking in. But he is casually leaning up against the back wall, eavesdropping and hearing all this. Well, Dagger's entry provokes Buddy to look up. Then he quickly exits the door, runs down the hall into another room where he discovers Professor Daly tied to a chair. Uh, as he tells the professor that he's come to get her out, Dagger and Rax walk in, asking, Who sent you? Louis sent me. Funny thing that I'm Louis, and I didn't send you. 
This is good drama. I like this. This is. Uh, I like this a too. Couple, there's a couple points in this episode where they kind of there's a situation going on and some confrontation happens and then they immediately cut away. So it's like they're left with this drama. You don't know what's going to happen. So I really like this part. I like it. And I I was thinking too. You know, I, I was trying to think of. You know, we talked about Buddy and his quote unquote underworld or underground contacts before and you think about you know somebody like uh sunny crockett on miami vice you know he had this boat and he 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 kind of lived the life of the the drug dealer he was supposed to be and i don't know if it's good if it's good um buddy you know who who does he work for i work for uh, boulder hill hey wait doesn't mask <laughs> are you mask you know really yeah but I don't know. It could be one of those. I'm just hiding in plain sight, kind of a thing, getting all kind of information that I can from them. You know, illusion is know. the ultimate weapon. <laughs> so I, I had that kind of going back and forth in my head as I'm going through this episode. That how does Buddy explain to his underworld contacts uh, his uh, position as a mechanic there at Boulder Hill? <laughs> That's right. Well, anyway, so we cut back to the hotel. Scott and T. Bob are walking outside. And Scott wants to try uh, these pralines. He sees Jackhammer. And then he sees Professor Daly is inside. And he recognizes it right away. And That was actually a good to scene, too. That they, It was almost like a slight slow motion that you caught yeah, them passing yeah, by. You, you can see her in, the, in, the, in Jackhammer. And he wants to use uh, T-Bob's radio to call Matt. He's out of range. We'll have to tell him in person. T-Bob, motor scooter mode. Oh, I bet I'm gonna regret this. T-Bob transforms and they go speeding down the highway to tell Matt. Then we cut to Dusty and he's in Gator and Matt and Thunderhawk. Dusty was having a good old time too. Oh yeah, he was just, he was a swamp rat in this episode. They're driving down these, uh, muddy, swampy roads. Matt tells Dusty he's going to get a good look. And then we uh, we cut right back to Scott and T-Bob. They're on those roads now. And they must have did some uh, detective work here to find where Gardner's Point is. Because they didn't, you know, you didn't see them looking at a map or asking anybody, you know, where to go to find Matt. So I'm just I'm putting two and two together as I'm going through this episode right. this time. And uh, they're going down the, the muddy road, and they nearly run over Becky. Um, and they all kind of fall down into this pond of quicksand. Uh, Becky's kind of, she goes under the water, and Scott quickly kind of swims over to, to help her. And T-Bob... Here's another one. He squawks that he's, uh, I'm too young to rust. And he's still under warranty. <laughs> and still under warranty, yes. <laughs> well, and, you know, we always sit there and, and kind of almost berate t- poor T-Bob because, you know, he's he's not waterproof, but yet he was out swimming. And then they give him a, uh, a swimsuit here a couple episodes ago. Now he's worried about rusting in sand. Uh I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> yeah. It was a little confusing at first because 
the way they did the sand, it just it kind of looks like water. Looks like they just right. splash into a pond. Right. You know, in fact, that's what I had written initially in my notes was it looked like they had fallen into a, a lake is what it was. But <laughs> as you read, it's quicksand is what they end up uh, saying it is. And in fact, Becky advises them not to move because it will cause them to sink faster. Yeah. Uh, so screaming for help, we are then taken to the ever dramatic commercial break. Somebody help! So as we come out of the commercial, uh, we have T-Bob using his Go-Go Gadget arms, <laughs> and he, he grabs a branch uh, up above the, the quicksand pond, and he tells everybody, I guess, to, to grab on, and he pulls them out. Um, and here was another roll your eyes uh, joke from uh, T-Bob. He's saying, Oh, I'll probably be arrested for fishing without a license. <laughs> now, one thing I took away from here, and actually again later in the episode, was when they're pulled out, they're supposed to be in quicksand. Um, and I think they would be covered in like mud or sand or something as they're being pulled out. But of course, they're they look like they're dry as a bone. Right. When they uh, when they pull out, there's nothing nothing on their clothes or no dirt or anything. Anyway, Scott he argues that he knows the way to go to go find Matt, and Becky warns him. No, don't go there. That's an alligator path. I'd listen to her, Scott. Uh, Becky's lived here all her life. She's just a girl. Hurry up, T-Bob. We've got to find Dad. Now, Scott doesn't listen. She's just a girl. <laughs> and uh, he keeps walking. He gets startled by an alligator. He comes running back the other way. And uh, he somewhat agrees with T-Bob to listen to Becky and, and walk her home. Right. I so, kind of found it. There was more of a roll your eyes moment, like you said. It was still kind of... A chuckle when T Bob actually stops and screams. <laughs> that was I got one chuckle out of that. <laughs> yeah, that was a little over the, over the top. That's it. Anyway, um we uh we cut back to Jackhammer as they're walking Becky home. Rack says they cut the meeting short and they ended up locking uh Buddy in the closet. I don't think they call him Buddy, but they no, the strange uh, guy is what they... Strange, yeah, strange guy. Um, the professor, she's tied up in Jackhammer. And Mayhem, he radios to meet them uh, at the rendezvous. And then we have uh, Gator and Thunderhawk coming on the scene again. And we have a little confrontation here. Yeah, right. Dusty actually kind of shouts out, Venom! The Matt kind of rushingly says, Careful, put your mask on. And the masks are lowered onto their heads. Venom! Careful, put your mask on. Roger! Again, this kind of just hits home the, the point that they are trying to keep their identity secret. You know, mm -hmm. to put those masks on. Or maybe they just, uh, that's their kind of a uh, lock and load. That's true. They don't have, they don't have pistols, we got masks that's to right. uh, zap them. <laughs> so they turn onto the road and they end up making chase with Rack stating, It's mask! And Dagger asking a brilliant question here. What are they doing out here? I wonder what they yeah. are doing out there. <laughs> They're going fishing, like Dusty said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dusty flips around the water cannon, 
with Matt unable to transform poor Thunderhawk because too many trees can't convert Thunderhawk. Rax then suggests that they use the fuel additive and adds two drops to the fuel tank. And I like this. This was actually a great little inject here because you think uh-huh. I was expecting some corny like auxiliary fill line or something underneath the dash or somewhere stupid on the cartoon. They actually took the time to open the door, have racks hanging out of the door, and mm-hmm. actually pouring the fuel additive into the fuel tank. I was actually impressed. I thought they'd, like I said, I thought they'd kind of foul that up, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Not that it was very safe for racks to be hanging out of the door as they're <laughs> going through jungle. But Well, it's not very safe for him to be hanging off the skid of switchblade either later. But <laughs> No, it wasn't. In fact, he falls off. But um, as we digress, Jackhammer ends up pulling a Yui with a surprise mask agent locking their brakes. Dusty attempts to shoot Venom, but can't keep up at all. <laughs> uh, Dagger ends up like ramming all these surrounding trees and ends up trapping Mask. And of course, the only two vehicles are still Thunderhawk and Gator at this point. Then they leave. That is Dagger saying, So long, Mask suckers. <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of like this. I at first I thought it was kind of cheesy, but you know they could have just popped in the fuel and hauled out of there, you know, right. uh, as fast as they could. But they took the time to to swing it around and play a little game with them, which was fun. So with masks' heads leaning out of their vehicles, Mask states the obvious: "We're trapped." <laughs> so in a secluded cabin. We see Becky, Scott, and T-Bob paused with Becky disappointed, thinking that Venom would have brought her granddad to this cabin. Scott tells her not to worry, and she replies that, You're so nice! We better go inside. Uh, of course, Scott is a little blushing here. Then he ends up reassuring her that they'll find him. <laughs> he's got a little, he's got to watch out there. Uh, yeah. Get a crush on Gloria. Yeah, I thought he was all nuts about... Maybe that's why he was a little uh, taken aback, you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's more into older women. But anyway, at a swamp, we come upon a very frustrated Miles, who is tired of going around in circles with the grandfather trying to play dumb. Miles' frustration intensifies as he uses his viper mask to burn a rock that's right beside the grandfather's foot. Now Rax and Dagger arrive in state... We just intercepted Mask in the forest. Good job. Which was actually impressive. You know, not very often does Miles go, you know, good job or anything. He's usually, you know, berating them in any way he can. Right. So they end up escorting Professor Daly out of Jackhammer with Miles explaining to the grandfather. You have the secret. We have Professor Daly. I suggest we make a trade. With a very minor debate from the professor and Dagger, the grandfather succumbs and says that he will take them to the fire trees. Yeah, again, I I really like this. This was another good dramatic part where he's kind of giving uh, the grandfather an ultimatum. You better uh, better better show us the way, or we're going to start doing something awful here to the professor. Right. Mayhem really let out his frustration of uh, he didn't want to be led on a wild goose chase back in the back in the woods here so he was really really frustrated about this but after the grandfather agrees we cut the mask they're clearing off the trees from the vehicles or around the vehicles and buddy he shows up in firecracker 
Now I kind of I just put a little note here that it would have been nice to have how he escaped from the being tied up in the closet. They didn't really show how that happened. Right, and it's also uh, kind of perplexing. You got two mask agents that have two very powerful masks, and yet they were physically moving these trees out of the way. <laughs> well, he didn't have lifter. I, I thought about that. I'm thinking that Spectrum has just about every other capability. Why couldn't? Yeah, no kidding. Why couldn't he done the, you know the hang glider thing or something? <laughs> just something more impressive than moving these trees. But right. again, I'm actually what? I was actually still impressed at that that they're you know physically doing some labor too. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was different. Like I mean, like later in the episode though. We see backlash uh, knocking some people down, so right. you think they could move some trees with those things? Good but thing. um, and uh, another thing too was, you know, how did Buddy know exactly where they were? GPS. Um, I guess so. They <laughs> must. They must have trackers, uh, low jacks in all the mask vehicles. You know, maybe so they, they have a homing device. Each other. Something. Anyway, Matt tells Buddy that they uh, they had a run in with Venom, and Buddy tells him that Venom. They have the grandfather and the professor. And, of course, Dusty sees their uh, trail that's left behind. Those Venom boys left us a trail wider than the Grand Canyon. Shouldn't be hard to find. Then let's go. Now we cut back to the cabin. Becky is explaining um, how the fire tree sap is used to make the fuel additive. Um, She's talking about how the trees got sick and the grandfather, he called in the professor to help, and then she further explains... Grandpa filters out the thick part of the sap. Then he boils the light-colored part to give us the lamp oil, the sparkly stuff in the other bottle. Then what do you do with the gunky stuff? Nothing. Grandpa says it's too dangerous. Put that in your car, and it'll blow you to the moon. They hear Venom approaching. Uh, Switchblade comes in, lands, and Jackhammer and Piranha come on the scene. And all three of them, Scott and T-Bob and Becky, they hide in this trunk that's in the uh, in this cabin. Venom, they uh, enter. I liked how the <laughs> now you just we just talked about how uh, the mask wasn't being lazy. Well, uh, <laughs> Dagger uses torch to open the door. Torch on! Can't you open a door like everybody else? <laughs> Just shows you the contrast between the two, I guess. Oh yeah. They uh they get inside. And Mayhem is kind of rejoicing that uh, he has everything now. Now I have it all: the fuel, the sap, and the distilling process. Dagger, grab this stuff and get me a cutting from those fire trees. Right. Rax, fuel up our vehicles with the distilled sap. I want a fast getaway just to be safe. What about these two? Take them outside and tie them to a tree. And all this time, uh, Scott and T-Bob and Becky are looking on from inside their trunk. Mask approaches. They come on the scene. And Matt goes right into defense mode. I like the shot of... Uh, you got Gator and Firecracker on either side. And and Thunderhawk in the middle opening the doors and taking off. That was a really cool shot. Yeah, I like that. I think I actually put that one in the montage uh, on the on our Facebook profile picture. Mm. Really like that one. And then Venom sees him. Mask! Keep 
them away from their vehicles. Right, Chief, here goes. Uh, Dusty begins the blasting by creating a crater, which Venom ends up running into, and then the dirt ends up burying them, which I thought was kind of <laughs> uh, weird. And that, Pokey. that was probably the best word for it, because it's a long enough time delay for them to fall, you know, to blast, for Venom <laughs> to fall in, and then, and then the dirt comes down on top of them. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened with one shot either. Right. I had that as kind of a negative on this one. And, and then right before that, when uh, Matt uh, tells them to keep away from the vehicles, and then we hear we hear Buddy's voice say, Okay, Chief, here goes. But it's a shot of Gator shooting. Right. So I was that, and that was another one. That I was like, okay, we're hearing Buddy, but we're seeing Gator shoot. So right. it sounds like they got Buddy's voice on Dusty. That's happened so before. It, yeah, it's happened before. That was a uh, another one. I just kind of it was plain as day to me that um, that was Buddy's voice. But right. So the kids anyway. all run out of the trunk with T. Bob excited to see that the cavalry has arrived. And as we see Miles's hand protruding from the dirt, Matt walks up and says, <laughs> Venom, your name is Mud. I like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Just then, Vanessa just happens to pop out of this mud, uses whip, shooting at Matt. Matt is has really quick reflexes here and pulls off some backflips and then engages Spectrum to cancel out the ensuing blast from whip. Whip on! Well, then Scott then has an idea about using the thicker stuff that Venom left behind to give them a surprise. So as Dusty and Buddy untie the two prisoners, we see Scott implementing his plan by, you know, going to all the vehicles while it's actually Scott, Becky, and T-Bob all pouring a couple drops into the Venom vehicles. And he even says, Sap for the saps from Venom. <laughs> Venom ends up freeing themselves from their muddy grave, if you will, with Miles saying, Move out! We've got what we need! Of course, Dusty then turns around saying, Oh no, you don't, you vermin! Backlash! Fire! <laughs> he ends up using Backlash to knock over the Venom team, breaking all of the jars and spilling out all this sap. Miles says his cheesy reply I'll get you next time mask sounds like a line out of Inspector Gadget yeah as they end up uh, getting into their well overpowered vehicles and I love this I thought this was a riot to be honest we see Jackhammer automatically the moment he starts it it pops a wheelie yeah then Piranha follows doing the same thing and as Venom occupants get their surprise Rax begins to get knocked off his bike which now, that's no surprise anymore. Yeah, he gets knocked off the bike or crashes every episode, it seems right. like. Right, <laughs> so he ends up jumping on. It's like it's like he, I don't know, I thought of him like my son. You know, when he, when your son gets scared, so they run to mama or papa and, yeah. and attach themselves to the leg. Well, that's what I thought of when <laughs> Rax runs over and grabs onto that skid of Switchblade. Uh, so the, then Switchblade ends up, being uncontrollable and takes off. Miles and Rax are on for this humorous ride is what I think of it with Dagger having problems controlling Jackhammer as well. Uh, 
It switches back to Switchblade. Rax ends up getting bucked off. We don't know where he ends up actually landing. He just he's gone now off of Switchblade. And Miles, I guess, thanks all. I, I'm thinking if I were Miles, you know, if I'm gonna go fast, I might as well go in jet mode. And he obviously just flipped the jet mode, and he's gone. Yeah, and, and Buddy, he's watching all this, and he says, "What a show!" Right, I like that. Um, and then Scott and T Bob and Becky, they all reunite with the mass team, and Scott tells Matt, uh, "Dad, isn't this super fuel meat?" Then Matt kind of he puts two and two together, realizing that they added that to the Venom vehicles to get him to act all erratic. And uh, they actually look up again, and Switchblade is still flying erratically in the in the distance. Right. And he tells Scott, "Good job." And they get a big smile from Scott. I was like, what? Yeah. No scolding for leaving the hotel? <laughs> you know, usually Matt's all on them for, I thought I told you to stay back at the hotel or something, you know. Oh, yeah. And again, this was just a reinforcement that Matt's kind of bringing Scott along with the team. That's right. So that was uh, that was surprising, but I, I, I kind of liked it. So that kind of ends that scene there when uh, – we get that big smile from Scott back to Matt, and uh, we cut to this little picnic area with uh, the mask agents. Dusty and Matt, they're fishing off this uh, this uh, bank, and Buddy comes from Firecracker. He says that the Peaceful Nations Alliance should be able to keep Venom away from the trees, and they promise to protect Becky and her grandfather. Oh, good. And Dusty asks Matt about the superfuel. And Matt says the university will continue to do the research and refine it and hopefully be able to, you know, use it in the future. And then this this might be my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> this was, I don't know. I I just I thought this was hilarious. And I don't I don't laugh out loud a lot when I'm watching Scott and T Bomb. Yeah, this but, was pretty uh, good. <laughs> Scott pulls out uh one of those little vials with the super fuel, and he sneaks a drop in T-Bob. <laughs> and T-Bob, he just goes crazy. He's running through, like, the the row of trees like they were snow banks, you know? Oh, yeah. that was. And they're fight. just laughing at him. That's it. You know, you, I, I was laughing seeing – it was just like popcorn. The moment they put that drop in, you see T-Bob just jump up and down, up and down, up and down. It was great. It was a riot. I like that. That is benefit everyone except T <laughs> You know, I like the end of the scene, how the end of the show. It's usually a laugh or a corny laugh or a joke or uh, the old I'll get you next time. Yeah. They had their relaxation time. They were able to kind of relax for a bit before heading home or whatever and just right, right. having a little uh, quiet time, if you will, you know. <laughs> I actually like that. That was kind of yeah. neat to see. Yeah, I liked it too. They're they're kind of finished up with the mission and they're they're uh, you get this you get to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and see what they kind of do like after the mission or whatever, you know. It's kind of like if you've seen the uh, the Avengers movie. Uh, I liked the scene uh, after the credits 
it was just a tie-in. You know, they they pretty much save the world and they save everybody from Loki and these other aliens coming through this portal. And uh, at the very end of the movie, they just show this clip. There's no dialogue, and it's just them kind of sitting in this tore-up joint uh, sandwich shop or something. <laughs> and uh, they're just all just sitting around just eating. Thor is just taking huge bites, <laughs> you know, and everybody's kind of chilling. And there was no dialogue. It's just kind of a bookend to the movie. You get all of this action and stuff, and you know what do they do after they save the world? Well, they gotta get bite it, go get a bite to eat. That's right. <laughs> like that. I have to, so, I still need to see that movie. Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to just go out and buy it. I'm telling you. So that moves us on to our PSA. On a city street, we see an ambulance race past Matt, Scott, and T. Bob, with Matt asking if either of them would know what to do in an emergency. Would you know how to get help if there was an emergency? Until somebody comes, there's something even better. The phone. Right, Scott. Uh, Matt emphasizes that everyone should know what the local emergency numbers are so that you can get help. Then Scott says, But you can always dial O if you forget, and the operator will help you. And then you can kind of see that uh, this kind of predates the new 911 technology. Yeah. But a little bit dated there. A little but, bit. Uh... <laughs> it's some good advice. Doesn't tie into anything like some of them have. But Right. Well, that brings us on to our ratings. And what did you think of this episode? Well, I really enjoyed this episode. I was very close to giving this a, a four and a half and bump it up to five, but I'm going to give it a solid four. You know, we've been talking about how, you know, Matt has, and his uh, fathering skills, I guess you would say, and, you know, judging by his reaction to uh, Scott's little trick on Venom there at the end of the, the episode, he's, he's trusting Scott more, which is very cool. I thought Scott and T-Bob were used very well in the episode. I agree. You got their... A little bit of antics, but you got them really involved with the plot and helping out. So that's that's pretty much the the perfect scenario for me as far as Scott and T Bob's involvement. Um, loved the loved the ending, like we just talked about. Uh, the opening was very good. Mm-hmm. I loved the costumes. I got to tell you, I thought that was really fun having them all dressed up at the beginning there. And then uh, it was a nice little little change up with uh, Vanessa and. Uh, mayhem in Jackhammer at the beginning. There was good scene transitions, you know, throughout. We talked about the Viper Acid coming right at the the screen and pretty good animation, some cool shots, you know, we talked about. And, of course, there was, you know, good drama, you know, disguised with the buddy being captured and, uh, you know, Mayhem giving them the the grandfather the ultimatum there to to help them or they were going to end up hurting somebody. So... I thought it was a really good episode. There was a, the things that kind of knocked it back to four. Again, I didn't. It still doesn't sit right with me that that Matt and Scott T. Bob didn't recognize at least the piranha bike at the beginning. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's just me or or whatever. But they recognized their other vehicles and stuff in this episode and another episode. So I think they would have recognized the piranha bike. Didn't like the uh, the mud pit trick that Dusty was able to pull off. Right. And then the, I guess the guy in charge of the voice track, he took the week off or they had a sub or somebody from him because 
there was those pauses in there that just kind of took me out of the episode. You know, I I don't typically mark those back unless I get out of the episode. I, I got out of the episode like three or four times in this one, right. just Same because here. of that little pause or a, a different voice, you know, being put up in there. But so that, I guess that was my my bad points, and then just a couple ticks was. Like I said, I wish they had showed how Buddy escaped from being tied up in the closet and uh, not showing Scott and T-Bob and Becky. And then actually when Venom, they get out of the mud pit, they're not covered in mud either. So I don't know. It just would have made it, gave it a little bit more realistic kind of feel to it. Right. And having that quicksand pit look more like sand and not water. What about you? What did you give it? Well, I was just like you. I was on a good four and a half for a while, but I had to knock it down to a solid four. Uh, like you, I was I loved the drama. I enjoyed the cartoon. I enjoyed uh, how it started out. Even though it was kind of quick to give away the plot, it was, to me, it was spot on. It wasn't an overkill. Like you, I found some ticks. Uh, one of them that bugged me, and I don't know if this was uh, whomever recorded the YouTube episode or if it's actually the episode itself, but did you notice that the picture moved left and right? Yeah, it was just slightly, but I really? I noticed it and it started bugging me after about oh, about halfway through. I didn't really notice that. I did notice one time where the it seemed to get brighter outside real quick or something. It was towards the end, but that was really the only thing I noticed with the with like the animation or whatever. Right. The other one I noticed is there were two voice screw-ups. We d- identified the one with Buddy and Dusty, but there was another screw-up with T-Bob. And this is where Doug Stone, who voices T-Bob, kind of just did a small little voice change. It's when they're in the cabin. And it's just as, as the, the trio, Scott, Becky, and T-Bob, are just showing up. They're asking about uh, the sap and the explanation of it. At the end, T-Bob ends up being a little smart aleck, saying, why didn't they call a tree surgeon? But that's when the voice changes. It, oh. It's a little bit different, and I just happened to catch it. Didn't notice that one. Um, loved the use of Scott and T-Bob. Like you, there was a couple little annoyances, but... Really, they were used, I think, spot on. I, I didn't have any art, any problems with them being in the episode as, as I have in, in prior episodes. Uh, I actually liked that Venom had the upper edge for a while. It seemed like they kind of controlled the, the game with them knocking down the trees, with them having the, the grandfather and ended up debating and winning the, the little debate of going finally to get the fire trees and the sap and so forth. Like the fuel additive. That was kind of a, an inventive idea. Uh, just like that. But like I said, overall, a great episode. I wish I could give it more, but the ticks were... I, I, could, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with the, the fuel additive. I, I think that was a more realistic plot. Right. Instead of going after the, uh, the quote-unquote MacGuffin that... Uh, he goes after sometimes, you know, right. uh, some mystical book or object or whatever. Um, I, I kind of enjoy these episodes a little bit more than those. And it's nothing against those. I do enjoy 
the the supernatural and, and stuff as well. But uh, I did like this one. It did have more of a realism to it, I guess. Right. So, did you find any tie-ins to the our script? I did not. I'm sorry. I dug, too. I just couldn't find anything. <laughs> I'll join you on that one. I didn't really see anything in it. it that really jumped out at me as well. So I don't know, maybe it's just the time being away from the, <laughs> the cartoon. It's, it's been, I guess, uh, probably a good two months since we were in a episode, but didn't see anything either. That's okay. That leads us on to our, all our voting, the polls, uh, looks like we had uh, a lot, 13 votes total for this episode. We had four votes for a five, Five votes for a four, one vote for a three, two votes for a two, and one vote for a one. So we were actually in the full spectrum, no pun intended. Um, I think that's the first time we've actually had all five of our votes, something marked in it. Yeah, yeah, we were discussing this before we we went on the air, and uh, it might be the first time we've gotten a one for a vote as well. There might have been... there might have been one of those other horrible episodes that I almost threatened to give a one to uh, <laughs> that actually had a one vote, but it was that was interesting that we were kind of all over the board on this one. But if, obviously, top heavy though, yeah. you know, sixty sixty nine percent of the vote was four or five, so the uh, the majority, vast majority of uh, our voters definitely thought this was a good episode, and we had uh, three comments this week. Right, well, we begin with Eric. This was a real fun episode, and it was easy to give it a five. My favorite part is the beginning where Rax and Dagger try to pathetically insult Matt by calling him Robin Hood. Seriously, that was the most insulting thing they could have thought of. Matt gets (laughs) off a good one, though, by calling Rax Sitting Bull. Yeah, that was good. Mayhem is truly sinister in this one, which is always nice to see, and the animation was nice as well. I agree with Anna, though. It gets frustrating having to always see Venom lose at the end. <laughs> Couldn't the writers have let them get away with just a little of the super fuel? Would that have been so bad? <laughs> That's a great comment. That's from uh, Eric over at Cartoonopolis.com. Go check out his site. But thanks, Eric, for that comment. Yeah, and you. speaking speaking of Anna, um, she... I think was the first one to comment. She said, now we're starting to get on to some great episodes. This one's brilliant. Great action and drama. The only negative thing I have to say about it is that it seems a bit weird that Matt and Scott don't recognize Rax and Dagger in the beginning. And of course, like all Venom fans, I always hate to see these episodes end. Because I guess I just have to stay patient until the very end of the series. So she uh, she obviously loves the Venom and... Uh, Hates to see them lose. <laughs> Obviously, at the end. And then we had uh, one other comment. Those those two were uh, comments on the poll itself, and uh, we had JD leave a comment over on the blog. Right. He said, and kind of, he did this uh, kind of as a five point <laughs> reference. He says some ob- observations. Number one, the two Venom themes are still awesome. Number two, it was funny when Rax said, "What a dump!" with his unique delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Three. I love this. Referring to the cabin, that is. Yes, yeah. I, I like Rax. I really do. I love his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Three, I love the scene when Vanessa fires Whip and Matt makes an acrobatic maneuver and repels Whip with Spectrum. Number four, maybe orange is an overused vehicle color with Gator, Firecracker, Firefly, and Stinger. That's a good point. I didn't even think yeah, about that. Yeah, it's true. And finally, five, does the closing credit animation ever appear in episodes? I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, he's asking if the credits ever roll uh, ending the episode it, uh, uh, the like kinda ending, in the episode yeah, the ending scenes that are that we see yeah. little clips I don't remember seeing them actually in the episode no, but I, I'll agree with all those points I like you know he's talking about Vanessa with whip I liked her defiance in this one she you know she poked her head out she went right after mask uh, with that whip mask oh yeah and uh, that was a that was a great scene Vanessa she's always she might be the most defiant out of them all when it comes to uh, to going after Mask. I think there was one other episode where she's like wanting to to keep going and keep uh, pursuing Mask towards the end, and, and Mayhem tells her to Mayhem calls her off. Right. So very good observations there. Oh yes. So I guess that's gonna about do it for this episode, man. Yeah, I know, and we're looking forward to Mask Cast number thirty. 30, can you believe it? No, that'll be episode 22 of the cartoon, which is... The Secret of Life. And we're going back overseas with this one. Uh, The plot for this one is Venom steals an ancient Egyptian tablet from King Tut's tomb, which may contain the secret of life. So we're going to dive right back in. Maybe we'll try to get uh, uh, another mass cast done here before the month's out. Um, Just since we've... uh, Kind of taking a break. We'll get right back into trying to uh, get another mass cash right at you. And uh, we really appreciate everybody joining us again. And you know, don't forget to visit uh, Mobile Armored Strike Command Movie.blogspot.com. And from there, you can you know connect through our social media sites on Facebook and Twitter, Google Plus, and find all the latest episodes of MassCast. Right. Like Jason said, that's going to do it for us. We really enjoy this. We really enjoyed bringing you another mass cast. Uh, sorry for the wait, like I said earlier, but we're hoping to speed things up, get off uh, get off all these breaks, if you will, out of the sickness, and being able to see you next time on MassCast.